You just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Aguiloa try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Year 4, Episode 17 of Pat's Interference, your favorite college football podcast. Uh, Busy week in college football last week. we got a busy week coming up here next week, but for right now, we're just going to start off with a little introductions. My name is Patrick Norwood. I'm joined by my co-host and better half in Birmingham, Alabama. Patrick Brickman, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. How's it it hanging? Happy to be back with another uh, podcast. Two in two weeks. That's a that's almost a record for me as far as the season's concerned because I've been so back and forth. But uh, you know, getting back into the swing right. of things, I don't think I should be taking any more um, you know unexplained absences. Brick, uh, anything you want to get into before we uh, start talking about the week that was in college football? Uh, I had I had Milo's for the first time since college the other day. Yeah, I, lo- I love Milo's. It, um, so it didn't get worse since college. No, it, I loved Milo's in college, and it's everything that it used to be and more. Good. And I, I'm going to live right near one. By the way, we're closing on our house tomorrow. Congrats. Um, thank you very much. I'm, so, uh, I'm, hope- I'm super excited for you. I've never closed on a house, so I guess I have to say like we're hopefully closing on a house. Tune in next week to find out if I am homeless or not. Ooh, I like this game. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that's good. That all sounds like good stuff. I know you got a big night tomorrow night. You better believe it, boy. Friday night football in Birmingham, man. It doesn't get much better. Oh, by the way, yeah, we got a big one. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'll be shooting this one. I hope I am, but uh, it's the uh, it's the future Bama quarterback bowl. You have the uh, the 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 brother of the um, probable Heisman, Talia Tungavailoa, and you have the great grandson of the legendary. You may have heard of him, Paul Bear Bryant. His grandson, yes. Paul Tyson. Both committed to Alabama, both playing tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, I think I think I've heard of that uh, Bryant guy. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, that game will be on ESPN two. If you are a fan of Alabama or just really good high school football, I guess that game will be on ESPN two. Um, not really sure on a start time there. And I was uh, yesterday years old when I learned that it was pronounced Talia and not Talia. Yeah, I think it's just Talia, but I could be mispronouncing it. I mean, we we got Tua's name wrong. Um, for weeks on this podcast until we finally started saying it right because he was getting some real playing time. Yeah. Yep. You're you're right. All right. Let's get into uh, Mr. Tua Tungo Vailoa. Nailed it. Uh, we're going to go down uh, just sort of the rankings. We're not going to go chronologically um, to cover week eight. Alabama takes down Tennessee 58 to 21, scoring 28 first quarter points. Uh, Tua having another big day, 19 for 29 for 306, four touchdowns. And yes, you guessed it, still no interceptions. Josh Jacobs getting the start in this one. Damian Harris uh, out, didn't start because of uh, internal reasons is what Saban referred to it as. So not going to read into too much there. Uh, Jalen Waddell carrying the receivers with four catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. Brick... uh, storylines from this game, things that stuck out to you. I know you were there in Knoxville. What did you see? What did you hear? What did you like? What did you not like? Um, first time in Knoxville. Uh, I, I liked, um, 
I liked the way Alabama played, and I I did not like the way Tennessee played. If you're looking for 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 the short answer, um, that's good analysis. This game was twenty-one nothing six minutes in. It, so we're at the point of the season, right? No, Alabama has not played any of their real marquee games yet. Um, they, you know, destroyed Texas A&M, and that's their big win so far. And they've got their big ones coming up. But it was just another uh, excellence from Tua. I mean, 306 yards and four touchdowns. People want to hold that performance against him because it has he didn't. Okay, so the thing is, Derrick Henry's Heisman, right? Yes. Um, it it started off where people were like, "Oh, well, you know, his Heisman is built on the fact that he gets forty carries a game." And then you go, then it started to be like, "Oh man, he's still getting forty carries a game." And the fact that he was carrying it forty, forty five, forty eight times in a game was adding to his resume. Oh my goodness, he is carrying this team. Not like. You know, it was a used as a negative initially. Well, yeah, I mean, he's getting 40 carries a game behind that offensive line. It's the same thing with Tua in my mind. You know, at first people were like, well, Tua hasn't even played in the fourth quarter yet, man. Now it's going into week nine. We're going, oh, he's but that's, still. But that's a two-way street. Right, and now we're going into week nine and we're going, oh, he still hasn't played in a fourth quarter yet. He still hasn't played in a fourth quarter and he's leading the nation in what three out of the five major pass statistics? Right. He's 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 got he's going to shatter Baker Mayfield's pass. You know how much I love my Mason Baker Mayfield. Just listen to the intro of this podcast. I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's an amazing quarterback. I think he was uh, uh, one of the best college quarterbacks in my lifetime. He's fun to watch for sure. Yeah. And and Tua is on pace to shatter that record that um, Baker Mayfield broke Russell Wilson. He's, he is on pace to destroy. I mean, we're talking, what's he at? 25 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's, he's, he's head and shoulders above, you know, uh, yards per attempt yards per completion. I mean, the only knock you have against him is okay. Technically Dwayne Haskins has better stats numerically, but that's because he's, you know, playing in fourth quarters of games and it, you know, it, but no, no, Tua is, it was, the best passing college quarterback I've seen, my complete right. unbiased and opinion. If you know the history of this podcast, you know that it's hard to be unbiased at times. But unbiased, yeah. arm talent, nobody's touching him. I, I think that is an objective statement as much as it can be at this point. Now, I will say this. Uh, the two headlines from the game uh, that I took away, everybody wanted to know um, going into the game, what the status of Tua's knee actually was. I think we saw that it's not completely 100%. Yeah, I think that was evident by a couple balls that he threw fairly high on Saturday. Uh, But I I think he is fine. He will play a decent amount um, and recover a decent amount, hopefully, for Alabama fans in the next two weeks. Uh, But, you know, I I think it's it's still bothering him. I mean, there was video of him at practice today with that knee brace still on, and I think it's just going to take some time to heal. The other uh, headline from this game on the other side of the ball, uh, Garantano gets hurt and is out. (laughs) Comes back out in the second half with street clothes on. Alabama's pass rush was all over Tennessee today. It felt like, or excuse me, Saturday, it felt like every single time an orange jersey dropped back in the pocket, there were four white jerseys all around them within a matter of, you know, one and a half seconds max. Um, You know, so if you're Tennessee... There were positives to take away, but at the same time, you lost your quarterback, and now you're heading into the good, meaty part of your schedule. Hey, but uh, let, 
they're, the backup came in and, and balled out there for three or Played four great. drives, man. Played great. Uh, Transfer Dane, out of Washington, Chris, uh, out of Stanford, right? Yeah, he was, out of Stanford. He was a uh, Stanford guy, and he was uh, he had he was up and down at Stanford, but man, he was. Yeah, he was competing some passes in that out. game. No, I think if you out. tell Tennessee fans going into that game, they would put up 21 points. And they played, you know, they, they I think Jeremy Pruitt said it right when he said that they fought, you know, of course he was unhappy with the outcome, but he they did fight hard. They didn't look like it. They, the team had under their previous two head coaches. Right. Uh, I will say an, another headline uh, that we learned sort of after the fact uh, Jalen Hurts had a minor surgery to repair some sort of ankle issue. It sounded like a twisted ankle, but I, I don't know many twisted ankles that lead to surgery. Uh, he is out for the remainder of this week. Alabama is hoping he will be ready to play against LSU if it comes to that, uh, but there has really not been a set timetable for his return. Uh, Brick, what do you what do you think, and how important is that injury to this Crimson Tide team? Um, I don't think it's... I mean, it's all. It only is important if Tua gets hurt, and and the fact that Tua's got two weeks now to rest up the knee that looked, uh, you know, like it was holding up on its own against Tennessee, um, unless it just really, really gets aggravated or or does something, you know, buckles terribly. I mean, he's still wearing the brace, um, so it, it, I don't think it's super important. Uh, I think he'll be good to go. I don't think that Nick Saban is lying when he says that he thinks he'll be practicing next week. I have a funny little story about the end of the game before we move on. Um, go ahead. So we're out there, of course, after the game. We get Nick Saban, and then we go back. We went back out to the field to get the players. Um, we had talked to uh, Henry Ruggs, and then we were in the middle of talking to Ross Piercebacher. A couple of the other players were out there we're gathering sound. Um, well, uh, Alabama decides to trot out none other than Tua. Poor old Ross Piercebacher was just in the middle of a great answer with all of us. And we all just ran away from him. I don't know for the, for those of for those of you that have never been in the situation where you're interviewing the players after the game. They send a bunch out at a time. It's every man for himself. It's dog eat dog. Right. There's no. There's, I mean, it's violent. And, and and with a guy like Tua, if you were three seconds late, you don't have a spot, and you're not getting the interview. And there were, no. you know, a number of affiliates that did not get either a good angle or get any of it at all. We we moved fast enough to where we were able to just barely squeeze in there, and my arm was about to fall off because of the way I was having to hold the mic, but we got it, and that's all that matters. Um, it's just funny how that works. Of course, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that any offensive lineman can tell you a story where that's happened to them, but I thought it was yes. funny. The rock star runs out of the tunnel. They brought him out last, and it was just... We had yeah. we had people laying down on the ground holding the mic straight up in the air like underneath that's people's feet. Insane. That's the way that's it works. Insane. So yeah, um, that's the business. Ross, that's the business. Uh, Alabama this, goes. Personal. Alabama goes 545 yards, gets 30 first downs. Uh, I will say uh, my other favorite part of this game, and then we can move on. Uh, Tennessee calls a fair catch the wrong way. So they caught it, then called the fair catch. So then you're just marched down at the two. You don't get the ball at the 25. The very next play, their quarterback falls down in the end zone before handing the ball off for a safety. And then Tennessee's running back punches a player in the face and gets ejected from the game. 
this all happened within a five minute span. And I don't think there's been something, a series of events that has epitomized Tennessee football this season like that five minutes. <laughs> and it was special to watch, let me tell you. All right, let's move on. Uh, the number two team in the country in Ohio State goes down despite Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball 73 times. Just in case you heard it and you didn't think I said it right, they threw the ball 73 times. 470 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick for Dwayne Haskins, and it's not nearly enough as Ohio State goes down 49-20 to on a special night in West Lafayette. If you haven't seen the game day feature uh, about uh, Tyler Strong, um, you can just Google it, watch it. I'm not going to get into it here because, A, I don't want to get emotional, and, B, uh, it's too long of a story to tell. Uh, but it was a great feature story. He was in attendance uh, on Saturday night, and that was that was a great thing to watch. Uh, David Blau. Blau, Blau. Blah, blah. <laughs> 25 for 43, 378 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, DJ Knox, running back that's about my height and Brick's weight. 16 carries for 130 yards and three touchdowns. What? Moore, their receiver, 12 receptions for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Torched. This Ohio State defense that is hemorrhaging yards. Hemorrhaging yards. Part of Pat's stats this week. Ready? Ohio State, defensive yards per play, so yards given up. They are ranked behind New Mexico, Pitt, and Arkansas. That's not good company to have. Not great. No, not great. Listen, we learned a lot in this game. I mean, it's obvious, yes, we learned a lot in this game. Um... Ohio State has kind of had a, I said it on last week's podcast, they've had a mantra of playing slow to start games and then just kind of snowballing while the other team can't keep up with them. That never happened in this game. In fact, I remember looking at the score early and going, yeah, but they're going to win this game. I was in the third quarter saying, yeah, they're still going to win this game by three touchdowns. I think we all were, yeah. And they did it. And, you know, hats off to Purdue. A lot of people called this upset. Um, Here's my hot take from this game. Right. Okay. First of all, I'll get into Dwayne Haskins, then I'll give you my hot take. So Dwayne Haskins, we learned we've learned a good bit about him as the season's gone on. In a clean pocket, Dwayne Haskins is Tua. He will pick you apart. He is fantastic. I love him as a quarterback. I think he's got a bright future, uh, both with Ohio State and in the NFL. But he's new. He's still inexperienced, and we've seen that when you uh, apply pressure, he's not a playmaker in pressure situations. When his pocket's not clean, he breaks down and he does not make plays. Doesn't make the right decision. He takes sacks he shouldn't take. He throws the ball out of bounds. That's the book. Right. So I, my, yeah, go ahead. If you're at, if you're an Ohio State fan, that you know, obviously, if you're an Ohio State fan, the only way your season's a success is if you win the national championship. And you look at Alabama and you look at Clemson. You look at those two offense, or sorry, defensive lines with Quinn and Williams at Alabama. And, and all those dudes, Dexter Lawrence at, at Clemson, that's that's way too concerning. And and Ohio State really has more immediate problems than worrying about the playoff right now. What did you want to say before I get into what I wanted to say next? Uh, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to bring up a big picture issue. Let's go back. Can you hop in a time machine with me? Yeah. Is it big enough? Let's go back to, uh, it's cozy. I mean, we're going to be cozy in here, but we'll go back. All right, nuts to butts. I can take it. We're going to go back to early August 
early August, and uh, ah, man, Ohio State's going through something. Oh, that's right. Ohio State suspended their coach for the first three games. Hmm. I wonder if that's going to make an issue. Brick, do you remember what we said, if that was going to make an issue or not? No, I think we both said, eh, not, not really at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think you and I were wrong about that, my friend. Why do you say that? Uh, if you lose your coach, I thought about it after this game. For the first three weeks of the season... It's kind of like when psychologists talk about, like, serial killers. Now, follow me here. This is going to get kind of off the rails. And their brains don't develop enough at some point. And there's just something that doesn't fire on all cylinders. And it just makes them weird the rest of their life. Serial killers is a bit far. But just anybody who's just a little bit off, right? It's because their brain didn't develop all the way. Or it didn't properly develop. It didn't properly mature. This Ohio State defense, and sometimes the offense, I mean, you threw it 73 times, and the kid only got, I mean, he got 500-ish yards, 470 yards. It didn't develop all the way those first three weeks of the season. Right, and they lost what? Urban Meyer didn't get to participate in a lot of fall camp. I mean, this is a huge issue that you and I were like, oh, it's not going to be a big issue. I think it's really starting to come to bite him now. Well, that and losing really Nick Bosa, do. who's, you know, perhaps the most important yeah. defensive player in the country. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, I really feel like it's come to bite him in the butt now. And, you know, I'm not one to sit here and say, oh, well, good, they deserve it. But at the same time, you look back at that issue, it wasn't just a little thing. My question That's to you. That's a huge issue. My question to you is, what are the chances in your mind that this game is an outlier because Ohio state lost two games last year, but really one of them was to um, Oklahoma who was awesome. The other one was that, you know, 31 point loss to Iowa, which all to be completely honest was really just an outlier on that schedule. We don't know why they played that way, but they did. Is this, is there a way that this loss is, is more akin to that or is it, Oh, okay, wait, no Ohio state. They're probably going to lose two or three more now. And this is, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to lose two or three more now. I think they will lose another one. Is this who they are? Um, is what I'm asking. Is this who they are yeah. at the end of the day? Yeah, I think I think this year it is. I think I think this year's loss to Purdue 49-20 is worse than last year when they lost by 30 to Iowa. I really do. I mean, this is because last year's loss, they just never came out of the gate and looked like they had it. This year's loss, it looked like they were giving it kind of everything they had. I mean, 73 pass attempts, and you can't win the ball game? Not even the fact you can't win it, you can't even get within two scores? It's bad. Here's, it's bad. I'm, I'm going to get into my, my take on this now, and it's going to be wrong, and everybody's going to hate me for it. Um, I, still think, oh, I, there, I still think there's a very realistic chance, if not probable chance in my mind, that Ohio State still makes the playoff. Um. Now, there's a, now, that relies on, one, this loss waking them up. They've kind of sleptwalked the last couple weeks because a 30-14 to 14 win over Minnesota is decent but not really awe-inspiring from a program like Ohio State. 49-26 isn't great against Indiana. And then Penn State was a slugfest. So since that slugfest that they barely pulled out and had a great second half and they've been sleepwalking, this game has to wake them up. Here's my reason I say that they could still be a playoff team. If they get to the end of the season... And they win out. What? Here's my point. 
if I'm able to make it. We're always, always, always slaves to the moment. We see things happen as they happen and we react to that moment. That's the way it always goes. I'm trying to think in the future. If Ohio State wins out, that means they beat Michigan State on the road. That means they've beaten what is the number five team right now in Michigan and will likely still be number five or in the top ten when they play them. And then they'll have won a conference title. So that will be a Michigan that's now won five games in a row. Or sorry, an Ohio State that's won five games in a row. Other teams like LSU and or Alabama and Georgia and those teams are all going to get eliminated by process of elimination. So more teams are going to have to lose. Um, This is a program that almost got in with two losses last year. Almost was the first team to get into the playoff with two losses. Very nearly got in instead of Alabama. And how different would things have turned out since then? Jalen Hurts might still be starting at quarterback. Um, So, I'm just telling you guys. If we get to the end of the season and they've won out and they're 11-1, and nobody is going to care about this loss. Because all we're going to be thinking about is how they just destroyed Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin's nothing to beat now. Right, Wisconsin's not great, but... It, it, they're a name brand in college football. They are one of the very few actual name brands. And Rick, their quarterback went 0 for 12 in a quarter the other day. I'm, I'm talking about Ohio State is a, is a name brand. I, I, oh, okay, got you. Yeah, gotcha, I'm not gotcha. saying Wisconsin. Is I'm saying Ohio State's a name brand. They're a team that people want to put into the playoff um, for ratings, for exposure, for all those, you know, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, Notre Dame, and almost Clemson at this point. People want to put the, want to put them in there so bad if they can, if they can help it. I'm just if they went out, they're in. Is is, is kind of what I feel like I'm saying. And people will tell me, oh no no no, you can't get in with the with the 29 point loss to Purdue. They almost got in with a 31 point loss to Iowa on top of another actual loss to another actual playoff team. So don't tell me that if they don't win out, that people are going to, to dismiss because of this random loss in their October schedule. Nobody will care. Nobody will care because all we're going to do is be slaves to that moment and go, oh, the last thing they did was win a football game. I think in a month, people will be arguing Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Wow. I think there's just too many teams ahead of them at this point. But they're all going to lose. LSU or Alabama will have a loss. It will be LSU second if they lose to Alabama like we think they will in a week. Um, Notre Dame's got, you know, a pretty easy road. I mean, right now it looks like Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson. So who would you put at that four spot? I mean, Michigan if they went out, but... Oklahoma. If Michigan loses to Ohio State, we'll be arguing Oklahoma versus Ohio State. And Oklahoma's losses to Texas, and yeah, it's a little better, and they might get in over there. No, but, it's not a little bit. Don't make, don't gloss over that like it's a little better. And this is assuming that Oklahoma doesn't lose again. I, I'm not buying Ohio State in. This is this is damning for the program. I think, I think if you're an Ohio State fan, you've got to look big picture and not say, "Oh, this is a flute game." Like, yeah, and you're right; they could win out and make it. I'm not denying that. What I am denying is the fact that this is not a big deal for Ohio State. This is a huge deal. This is three years in a row now that Urban Meyer has lost to a team he should have absolutely creamed by more than two scores. No, that's a fair point, but I don't think it's as damning as people are making it out to be. Now, if they lose Only again, time- obviously, yes, then that's it for them. They're toast, especially in this season, then they're toast. 
and they could. Only time will tell. Can we get to my favorite portion of what this episode is going to be? Yeah, whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to eat crow for about 10 seconds. And what is going to be your saddest sweetheart of the season? You're not gonna. This uh, isn't. You 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 think what you're going to do is gonna work, and it's not. Look, I'm just saying we've got Careless Whisper playing on the slowest, most minor key possible right now. Ryan Finley and the boys struggled. To put it nicely, they scored a touchdown, and it was in the final quarter of the game, with uh. Well, it was, the, it was the start of the fourth quarter, so I'll give you that. They didn't even rack up 300 yards of offense. They had three turnovers. Season's pretty much over, Brick. <laughs> you think? Let's just gonna, call it what it is. going to affect me? Hey guys, if you guys don't know, before every season we pick a sweetheart, and it's it's a, it's a lovable loser that we pick that we're going to root for, right? Yes. I picked I picked NC State. He picked Wake Forest. How brave of you to pick such a such a hard. Hard team like NC State. Oh. Boy, NC State's been struggling the last couple years, let me tell you. Well, don't give me that. NC State is not. NC State, by the way, the reason I picked them is because I saw some. First of all, they're the only ACC team without any kind of national championship since they won the basketball tournament in the 70s. Um, 80s. 80s, whatever. So in 30 years or something, they're the only ACC team. They're like one of like three Division One teams that no sports. And this is like including like badminton. Yeah, rowing. They have yeah. nothing. That's why I picked them, right? That's a lovable loser if you ask me. Plus, they Look, were not well, expected to do At least I have guts. Year. I went for the Demon Deacons who lost by 30 to Florida State. That's my point. You're not Tell me about them. pain. I picked, I picked a pretty good... Uh, Pretty, picked a pretty good, lovable loser. Trevor but, Lawrence had a great game, through for 308 yards. I don't want that to get swept under the rug. It, it really looks like Clemson's no. turning At around. the end of the day, this was a very inconsequential game, so we should move on to LSU-Mississippi Doesn't State. Doesn't matter. LSU-Mississippi State. LSU revealing the dopest jerseys I've seen besides Tulane's Green Wave uniform uh, in all of college football this season. Uh, the helmets change color. Uh, the numbers, the whole jersey had a lot of significance. Go look it up if you don't know. Joe Burrow, 16 for 28 for 129 yards and a, t- and a pick. No touchdowns again because LSU football. Brick, buy or sell Joe Burrow. I'm still selling all of LSU, man. I just don't. I'm with you. I'm just, with you. I don't buy it. I'm, I mean, I said it last week after the Georgia. I was just like, yeah, they showed me a little something. But, man, you think Joe Burrow is going to be the guy? You think Joe Burrow, he's got six touchdowns this year. He's got six touchdown passes. Joe Burrow they is your scored, guy. They scored a touchdown in this game. He's f- LSU scored one touchdown this game. Joe Burrow is fine if your goal is to be in the top 25 and, and be better than you were last year. Joe Burrow's not going to be the guy that goes and outduels Tua. He's just not that guy. Just, I just, uh, it's, it's wishful thinking. I feel like LSU, a lot of the people that are latching onto them is wishful thinking because Coach O's, you know, fun and, and everybody's desperate to see somebody beat Alabama and it's not Auburn and it's not, um, Texas A&M right now it doesn't and it's not like Mississippi Georgia. state. None of them, none of them showed up in the West. None of them. Sh- I'm talking about in the West right now. Yeah. In the West. Yeah. yeah, yeah none right. of them showed well, up in the West. No, here's, here's my, up. here's the one redeeming stat for LSU. One redeeming stat. They won by 16 and they shut down Mississippi nope. state. And that's what I was going to say. Defense is They're, good. 
their defense is great. They forced four turnovers the other day. They made Nick Fitzgerald, a very experienced SEC West quarterback, look completely flabbergasted and lost this entire game. I know they so have- the defense is great, but the offense, I just don't see it getting it done. No, you can't convince me that their offense is any worse than Texas or better than Texas A&M, and you can't you can't convince me that their defense is light years ahead of Texas A&M, uh, no. a defense that Tua shredded. That was, you know, the offense in stretches of that game played their worst of the season, and they still shredded them. I'm just but brick, but brick. It's LSU at night. That and the fact that they beat Georgia, I can't really. Maybe maybe we learned more about Georgia that night than we did LSU. I don't know. I think that's a lot of what happened. Another issue, uh, who was it? It was, uh, was it, is it Delvin White or Devin White? Devin White with the targeting Devin call. Devin White. And that's a, I, I it's always want to put call. an L in it, and I don't know it's why. A, it was a bad call. I, I'm it's getting, a terrible call. I'm getting tired of it now, though, because because it's just. Oh, they're UCFing it. Yes, that's a good way to put it. They are just. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They've put up billboards. They have put up billboards around my city. Which is fine. I actually think that's funny that they were able to accomplish that. But it's just no. It's great. The petty stuff is what makes college football amazing. All right. Uh, Shea Patterson had his best, uh, maybe his best outing of the season. Shea Patterson is kind of getting better as the season goes along. Um, yes, he's aging like fine wine. He's he's sure. running the ball all right, but he's passing the ball a good, good bit. You know, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. Michigan beats Michigan State twenty-one to seven. A big road win for them. Michigan. What do you think the, of the pettiness before the game on Saturday? Um, I don't, I don't hate it that much. I love rivalries. Um, I grew up watching FSU and Miami throw punches every single time they got on a field together. Now, if you're going to start swinging helmets at people, that's different. But if you're going to go do stupid little things, you know, like, you mean like that, like the big rivalry between FIU and Miami, right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. When you, when you are actually trying to maim people, that's different. If you're just throwing a couple punches or, you know, shoving a little bit. Um, yeah, it's bad sportsman like, but this is sports, you know. It, sure, whatever. I, I've never Michigan's. been. I've never been the guy that gets up in arms when when To goes and puts the ball on the star, at you know, at, yeah, in Dallas. Um, I don't. I I didn't get all up in arms when Baker Mayfield planted the flag last year. It's competition. It's people are competitive. It was just so stupid. I just thought it was so. High you know, you go throw stupid. You by, go throw both hundred alpha males on a big rectangle field it's gonna happen sometimes well and i just thought both sides were so stupid michigan state holding hands and walking across the field and playing red rover with a michigan player is warming up and then said michigan player running out and scuffing up the logo at the midfield line shut up man just play the game just play the damn game quit being so bitchy about everything lewerke five for 25 for 66 yards scott 10 carries 25 yards this michigan defense looks like it's really now, coming around now that's but a again, defense now that's 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 a defense I don't want to play. If I'm a team, buy buy or sell Michigan. Uh, I mean, as a national title contender, if you're putting me in that frame, I sell them. But Michigan has shown people that yeah, no Notre Dame and Michigan are both pretty good. That week one loss to them, maybe two good teams played on the field that day, and maybe Shea Patterson hadn't figured out his new team yet that he'd only been on for a couple weeks. Really. I would I would love to see that game played again next week. Right, but that defense. That is one of the defenses I don't want to play. If I'm a college football fan or player, like if, if my team has to play, I'm like, please, I don't want to. Michigan's defense is awesome. They could That could single-handedly take them. I could see Michigan getting into the playoff 
Which actually, if they win out, they're probably in. I, th- I think they can beat Ohio State. I think I could, they could win, provided they don't play Alabama. I think that they could win a playoff game and backdoor themselves into a national championship. Yeah. Now that that is it. that is peak. That is that is best case scenario. I don't think they'll do that, but I think they're capable of that. I just I'm not sure. I'm buying Michigan still. I I still don't know if they're good. Like I feel like they are, but they're one top five opponent this year. You you I and mean, I are having trouble this year. Um, we're having we're having particular problems this year because. You know, we're both Alabama alums. And so we both watch every Alabama game. Um, and this year, the the standard they've set is so hard. We can't compare other That's teams That's true. But at, the sa- but at the same time, my point is Michigan, if you look at Michigan, yeah, they had a big win this weekend, but they won by two scores. Because, here, let me ask you this. The, okay, so who's the second best team? Probably Clemson, uh, if we had to go with right now. Ask a Clemson fan if they think Michigan's good. They'll probably go, yeah, they're pretty good. Like, they're, you know, right? Ask a, I mean, I, ask I, an Oklahoma look, fan who's – Oklahoma's another good team. Ask an Oklahoma fan, what do you think of Michigan? They go, they, they seem pretty good right now, man. I think their defense is great. I'm just not sold on the offense yet. Right, but, hey, I would rather have a great defense than a great offense. And Sure. Well. Alabama's won championships that way. All right, let's move on. Uh, last game I wanted to talk to Washington state gets game day. Not sure if you watched it. Incredible atmosphere. Pullman was awesome. It was on fire. Uh, they went up huge 27, nothing Oregon storms back in the third quarter, but it's not enough. The Cougars hold on for the 34, 20 win Gardner Minshew and the mustache. My God, the mustache. You got to love beautiful looking 323 yards, four TDs, two picks, and just put it all out on the field. Justin Herbert, eh, okay game, but not great. Couldn't get it done when it mattered. And now Washington State, looking like the Pac-12 team carrying the torch for the hopeful playoff spot, they're not going to get in. It's not going to, because of the name. Just because of the name. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But it was a great game, and they're trending in the right direction. And, spoiler alert, I'm a big Mike Leach guy. Love Mike Leach. The Pirate? Come on. One of the one of the greatest guys in college football right now. Just a character. An absolute character. Do I think he's a national championship coach? No, I do not. Do I think he's a coach that puts butts in the seats? Oh, buddy, do I. I love Mike Leach. Uh, my buddies and I were talking about it the other day, right? Okay, so obviously Auburn is very much regretting their decision to give uh, another extension to Gus Malzahn. And many fans are wondering how many GoFundMes it would take to get rid of him. So, um, here's the thing. There's not the big sexy name this year, right? And we're throwing no. out names. There's not a Scott Frost and a Chip Kelly coming back to the game and all these names out there that are that are like, you know, Auburn's going to want a big-time coach to replace him. Um, they're going to want a Scott Frost. There's not one this year. But I, I would say Mike Leach is about, you know, Tennessee should have hired him last year when he was being thrown out there. Anyway, that's there's inconsequential. Justin Herbert is going to be the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft uh, if he decides to declare. But wow! Oh, he will be. I mean, people love him in the NFL right now. He didn't play great, wow. but he's not the first big time quarterback to not play great. I mean, shoot, yeah. I don't need to get into all that. I like Justin Herbert as a quarterback, but Oregon they had 
They had it. They had they had it. Um, who was I talking about with this the other day? A couple podcasts ago. Notre Dame. Right. Notre Dame was right there. They had their they had their and they almost gave it up. Oregon just gave it up. Oregon just they had they went out and they're very they're a likely playoff team, but they don't. They're done. Uh, can we move on to next week? There's really only one game I want to. Uh... There's really one game uh, I do want to talk about now that we're in next week slash this week. The guy that I think is going to be number one coming out for the draft is Will Greer. Had a great night tonight as we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, 17 for 27 for 353 and three touchdowns. I know he threw three picks against Kansas, but if Sam Darnold can have the season he had last year and be such a highly touted quarterback going into the NFL, I got to imagine Will Greer is in the same boat. That's all I want to say about that. We can move on. West Virginia beat the school that shall not be named 58-14. All right, uh, the Voldemort school. Um, Okay, so Florida-Georgia yearly game in Jacksonville will be. It's game day this week. Uh, Yeah, world's largest cocktail party. Um, That's game day, first SEC game day, so you know it's a big game because – Obviously, ESPN tries to not have to do those games because they're aired on CBS, uh, as we've seen throughout several weeks. But uh, that's the big one. So, two teams that I'm eager to learn more about. If you would have told Georgia me Georgia by 14. If you had told me coming into this year, one that Georgia would only win this game by 14, and two that Georgia would only be a six and a half point favorite going into this game, I would have said, "What? That's the crazy part to me." I just I'm not buying I'm not buying Florida this year. No, I'm not either. And not even a little bit. Maybe it's maybe I'm biased against I mean, technically second best quarterback in the conference this week, this year so far has been Felipe Franks. That's either really damning or I'm not giving him enough credit. And I'll admit that it it could be the latter because we all know what uh what that man Dan Mullen can do with the, with the tall quarterback. So um but I, yeah, maybe I'm biased. Maybe it is my fault that I don't believe them. But I'm right there with you. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know what it is. They've they lost to Kentucky, but then Kentucky turned out to be pretty good. Um, they beat LSU. LSU beat Georgia. So it's like, where where do all these chips fall? Where does the dust settle? I still yeah. think Georgia. I think one team comes out and manhandles the other. And I really think that that's going to be Georgia. It's a neutral site game, so I can't go home field. But I do think Georgia. I'm going by more than 14. I think Georgia. I think Georgia actually got a wake up call against LSU. I think they manhandle Florida. This is a bit. They hate these two teams. Hate each other. I think they yeah. manhandle them. I think yeah, it's. I mean, it's a it's 20, be a 28, 21, 28 point win. I mean, I think they really destroy them. Yeah, uh, North Carolina State takes on Q's. I'll take the Orange by 50. Uh, Wake Forest plays Louisville in a nooner. I'm definitely taking the Deacons by at least 80, 85 maybe. Uh, Brick, go ahead. As you look down the schedule, give me a team that you would put on upset warning or watch. I'll leave it up to you. I've got a couple in my back pocket. I've got one game that I'm staring at, and I hope you don't pick them, but go for it. Um, all right. Well, let me go down the list here very quickly. It's very few ranked teams. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go sort by top 25 on this list. Just to- Go for it. Can I go ahead and give you mine while you're while you're sorting? Yeah, please do. I don't want you to take it. I'm giving an upset watch, not a warning, so there's no reason to get in the bathroom and get the dogs. I think that it is an upset watch. Just be on the lookout. Maybe have the weather channel on in the background while you cook your dinner. Oklahoma State at home 
against Texas, 8 p.m. It's always a weird place to play in Boone Pickens Stadium. Uh, I think this one's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think, especially with the question marks Texas has had uh, on offense in the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to put them on warning, but it's it's a pretty severe watch right now for Texas on upset. Um, okay, well, yeah, as I'm looking through the scores, I'm not really liking like I'm, there's nothing that pokes out to me that says you know Kansas State Oklahoma would be the one if I don't have to pick yours. I do think you pick probably the best uh, watch, but. You know, Kansas State, they well, they suck, but they they played well against Oklahoma State. They beat them 31-12 last week. Hey, maybe they found their way. Maybe Oklahoma's c- kind of overlooking this game like they tend to do over there in Oklahoma on occasion and, you know, not take it seriously. But I don't I don't believe in what I'm saying. Um, I don't really see a, an upset this week that really sparks my interest. I think this is a pretty boring week. Yeah, I do too. Football. If you're going to miss a, a week of college football, this is the week to miss. This is the week uh, everybody in the state of Alabama is getting married. <laughs> if there is uh, if if there's anything else you want to discuss, now is the time, my friend. I, I think we're winding down our time, but is there any other topic you want to hit? Um, nope. If I got to give you my four today, I'm still going Alabama, Clemson. I'll throw Notre Dame in now, and I'm going to still stay Ohio State because I think uh, uh they'll win yeah. Out. A uh, little little teaser for next week. I want to wait and see how they play. Uh, my four right now, I am going to go uh, Alabama, Clemson, just like you. Uh, I'm going to go Notre Dame, and then I am going to go Oklahoma. Teaser for next week. I, I want to see how they play, and we'll get back into that later on. Uh, but I, I think Oklahoma still has a good shot at getting in this college football playoff just with the way things are going to shake up. I like it. That's it. That'll do it for us. A nice little quick and dirty episode. Nice little 45 minutes. Again, go back to the beginning of the episode if you want to find out how to connect with us on social media. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's something Brick and I have always wanted to do. Brick, I'm so glad you're settling in in Birmingham, man. You're really hitting your groove. Everybody remember, you've got uh, Talia Tungavailoa and Paul Tyson. Let's call him what he actually is. It's it's the heir to the Paul Bryant throne. Uh, They're going head-to-head on ESPN2 tomorrow night that's friday night uh and then saturday yeah it's not the greatest slate of college football but you know what sitting around watching college football on a saturday when there's not great games beats the hell out of whatever you're doing on a saturday in the spring or summer everybody thank you so much for listening we will talk to you next week and that is all from your favorite college football podcast have a good one